This is 50 Feminist States, a road-tripping storytelling podcast visiting all 50 U.S. states to interview feminist activists and artists about their work for gender justice. From the glaciers of Alaska to the dunes of Indiana, I want 50 feminist states. From the waves of New Hampshire to skies of Montana, I want 50 feminist states. Hi friends, Amelia here. Welcome back to 50 Feminist States. Today, I'm going to dive in deep really fast because as you know from the title of this episode, I've made the decision to end this podcast. It was a really challenging decision for many reasons, and I'm going to share those reasons in this episode. But I'll begin by saying that one of the main reasons it's so hard to end this podcast is because this project is incomplete. As the title of the show suggests, when I started 50 Feminist States, I intended to visit all 50 U.S. states, and I made it to 35. Well, I sort of made it to 35. I featured 35 states on the podcast, but five of those were only virtual visits that I did after the season five road trip was canceled due to COVID. So I guess I went to 30 states for the podcast and featured five more virtually. And that really speaks a lot to why it's been such a challenge to keep going with the show. I was actually traveling for 50 feminist states when the national emergency due to COVID was declared. I had left Chicago where I was living, flown to Denver, and was getting ready to pick up a car and head out on the road to visit five states in the Southwest and do interviews there. And the day after I flew out, I think actually the same day I flew out was the day that we learned about all the studies coming out of South Korea about asymptomatic spread. And we learned that people who were not having symptoms of COVID could be contagious and spreading COVID. And that made it very clear to me that I could not travel during this time. Something, of course, that you know we all know now, but at the time we didn't. And that day, everything changed. I canceled the road trip and I made my way home. And I did those interviews remotely because it was all already scheduled. So I just did them online instead of in person. And I put out season five and then I waited for the pandemic to end and the show to continue. And I think had the pandemic never happened, this podcast would likely be continuing on in its original form. I would have done the season five road trip, planned a season six road trip. I might even be in Alaska or Hawaii this fall, checking off states 49 and 50 on my list and recording the final episodes of the show. But the pandemic did happen and is happening. And like it has for so many of us, it's pretty radically changed my priorities and my capacity for creative work and long-term projects. When the season five road trip got canceled, I still had a decent portion of the funds left from the second 50 Feminist States Kickstarter campaign. I had intended to spend those funds traveling as I had previously, but 
suddenly travel wasn't an option. So instead, I spent some of that money hiring a producer to help me edit all the virtual interviews I was doing. Then I spent more of that money making donations to support the organizations that had been featured on the show. I wrote a blog post about those redistribution efforts that's on our website if you'd like to learn more. And then suddenly it was early 2021 and we'd been living through the pandemic for a year and travel still didn't seem like an option in the foreseeable future. So I decided to use the remainder of the Kickstarter funds in a totally different way. I launched the 50 Feminist States Podcast Fellowship and I taught three badass feminists how to podcast. And honestly, it was amazing. I am honored and joyous that I got to spend this past spring leading workshops and mentoring three podcast fellows. And this summer, we published two amazing episodes of the podcast created by our fellows, Mary L. Chang and L'Oreal Thompson Payton. If you haven't already, I highly suggest that you check out Starting to Remember the Real You with Mary L. Chang and Reproductive Health as Social Justice, a fantastic interview L'Oreal did with Regina Townsend. Both those episodes are on our podcast feed and our website, and they're amazing listens. I didn't conceive of the fellowship as a last hurrah for the podcast, but after completing it, I started to feel like fostering these new podcasting voices might actually be the most appropriate ending point for the show. Something about sharing knowledge and tools felt like it spoke to the mission of the show more than travel and additional episodes ever could. I also felt like passing the mic to two badass women of color did more to create the future of feminism I hope to see and be a part of than another 15 episodes of me interviewing anyone would accomplish. So here we are, me back on the podcast, to say that this is the final episode of 50 Feminist States for the foreseeable future. I wanted to open this episode by sharing why and how I decided to end the podcast, talking about how hard of a decision it was because the project's incomplete and it's meant so much to me. And now I'd like to go back to the beginning and reflect on my personal relationship to the show. If you've been a longtime listener, you might remember that I started this podcast in Nebraska. I'd love for us to listen to the opening of the very first episode together. So here is how I started the show. When you're going about a project involving all 50 U.S. states, Nebraska isn't an obvious starting point by any measure. But for me and my family, the United States really began in Nebraska. As far as we know, my great-grandparents on both sides of the family came to Nebraska from Europe when they immigrated to the U.S. in the late 19th century. At that point, the land they settled on, in what is now central Nebraska, was still being treated and stolen from the Pawnee Nation. I don't know the exact timeline of events, but my family likely started their farms on land taken from the Pawnee people in 1857, perhaps only a few decades after the Pawnee Reservation was dissolved for the sake of white settlers. I start this podcast about the state of feminism in the 50 U.S. states with an acknowledgement of this colonial history, because it cannot be avoided that the history and the present of the United States is a colonial one. Each of the 50 states that now make up the U.S. were populated by diverse peoples with their own languages, cultures, and technologies that were often eradicated by the U.S. government to form the states we're now familiar with. The U.S. is also still in the business of colonial occupation, maintaining the territories of Puerto Rico, Guam, American Samoa, Northern Mariana Islands, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. All of this is to say 
that any project that attempts to explore the United States by state has to acknowledge that state boundaries were formed contentiously and most often violently. To get back to Nebraska, in Nebraska today, there are still five reservations that serve as homes to the Santee Sioux, Omaha, Ponca, Sac and Fox, and Winnebago tribes. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, their peoples make up an estimated 1.5% of the Nebraska population, which is otherwise 79% white. In terms of feminism, Nebraska, like many of the states in this season, isn't making headlines for its feminist politics, at least not in any positive way. In fact, in 2015, the Institute for Women's Policy Research ranked Nebraska second to last among U.S. states for reproductive rights, which they define as, I'm quoting here, having the ability to decide whether and when to have children. I think this ranking goes back to the fact that in 2010, Nebraska was the first state to implement a 20-week abortion ban, a move that was then replicated by 21 states, a few of which have put in place an 18-week abortion ban. More recently in Nebraska, this year, the governor, Pete Ricketts, added a proposal to the Nebraska budget to take Title X federal funding for family planning from clinics in the state that offered a referred abortion services. Ricketts argued, and this quote was splashed all over articles I found about these events, Nebraska is a pro-life state, and the state's budget should reflect those values. When I listen back to this opening three years later, I'm struck by what's different and what's the same. Personally, when I created this show, I was living in Chicago and visiting my family in Nebraska. Now, in a huge surprise to me, I live in Nebraska and I spend a lot of time with my family here, some of which is spent doing genealogical research to learn more about our history and to unpack how we're complicit in colonialism as I mentioned in that first episode, and how we can make different choices and impacts here now. Politically, revisiting Nebraska's 20-week abortion ban has a different tenor for me now, with Texas's six-week abortion ban just being written into law when the Supreme Court failed to deny it. It's harrowing to think about how reproductive rights are being more restricted instead of expanded. And I think it's more important than ever for all of us to be learning about these laws and supporting organizations that are doing the incredibly important work of increasing the accessibility of reproductive justice. Listening back, I'm also struck by the fact that I opened the podcast with an episode about reproductive rights featuring interviews with three white folks. And now the final interview on the podcast is a conversation about reproductive justice between two black women. I hope that that speaks to the growth of the podcast over time, as well as to my own feminist evolution over the past three years, and hopefully to the expansion of your feminist consciousness and of listeners' self-education as they've tuned in to the show over time. I always wanted this podcast to be an opportunity to learn about feminist issues and activism and art all over the U.S. and for us to be inspired to make change where we live. And reflecting on the first and last episodes really does make me feel like that inspiration and evolution is evident in the conversations on the podcast themselves. I hope it's reflected in your own feminist growth too. As I begin to wrap up this episode, I want to emphasize how grateful I am that I got to create this show 
and how much love I have, like true deep love I have for all of you listening. This podcast exists because of hundreds of donations from listeners like you. It would never have been created without the folks who supported our two Kickstarter campaigns. And it's only been a success because of the generosity of the folks who have given their time to be interviewed on the show and of the people who've supported it behind the scenes. So I want to say thank you. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to all of our Kickstarter backers. Thank you to our ongoing Glow FM supporters. Thank you to everyone who has been a guest on the show or introduced me to a guest for the show. Thank you to everyone who follows us on Instagram, subscribes to our newsletter, or whoever shared an episode. I'd also like to specifically thank Danielle Sines and Jessica Naria for creating our amazing theme song, Emily Janes for creating our original logo, Chelsea Warren of Hughes Design for creating our brand, Kylie Kreischer and Kylan Sebastian for PR support at different points in the show, and Darby Masters for production support on season five. And of course, I want to thank our three podcast fellows, Angie Iglesias, Mary L. Chang, and L'Oreal Thompson-Payton for trusting me with their time and their skills. There were so many folks who made this podcast possible, and I'm so grateful to all of them, to all of you for the support. At the end of the first episode of this podcast, I said that the beginning of 50 Feminist States is really about beginnings. Now I want to say that the end of this podcast is really about beginnings too. The archive of episodes will live on and be available for feminists in generations to come to learn and be inspired. Each episode holds the potential beginning of new activists and artistic work, of new contributions to feminism, of new possibilities for women, trans, and non-binary folks across the nation and around the world. There are so many beginnings here, and so many beginnings to come. There are costs associated with keeping the podcast archive online, so if you'd like to support our ongoing costs, I'll leave the Glow FM page up for one-time donations for one more week. As always, I greatly appreciate your financial support keeping this podcast online for others to listen. If you'd like to continue following me and my other work, you can subscribe to my monthly-ish newsletter where you can read my musings on feminism, creative practice, and personal growth. And if you're interested in creating your own podcast, I'd love to invite you to check out my new company, Softer Sounds, a feminist podcast studio for entrepreneurs and creatives. I don't think this company would exist without this podcast, and I'm so grateful for how this show has made me a better listener, interviewer, and podcaster. I published the very first episode of 50 Feminist States three years ago this month. It's been such a journey in those three years, and I am so proud and so grateful for everything that's come of it. There's no easy way to say goodbye. So I want to leave you with our theme song. Thanks again to Danielle Sines and Jessica Naria for the beautiful musical gift. I'll be singing along as it plays here today, and hopefully for years to come because it always gets stuck in my head. But that's enough for now. I'm going to leave us all in song. And for the final time, Wild Ones, I'll see you on the road. of Alaska to the dunes of Indiana I want 50 feminist states 
Rivers of New Hampshire to skies of Montana I want 50 feminist days And when you hear the call You know so well Sisters, speak de Utas, cavernas de Nuevo México, 50 estados feministas, de las playas de California, los pozos de agua de Texas, 50 estados feministas. West Virginia to the fields of North Dakota I want 50 feminist states From the peaks of Colorado The Great Lakes of Michigan Estados feministas 